Hi, my name is Sarah Bentley Pearson, and I am excited to share my podcast, which features wonderful talent that I've been so lucky to discover in the Southeast. This was born out of a list that I created in 2015 called Sarah's List, and through my work in real estate, which I've been doing since 2005, and styling work, and just my personal life and my personal interests, I've been able to meet so many wonderful people, and I'm excited to share them with you. So Elizabeth, it's so nice for you to meet you because you are one of the first artists that my ex-husband and I collected when we moved to Atlanta. We went to Twin House and saw your work, and I really liked it. Oh, how nice. So when I met Manly, your husband, I put two and two together, and we somehow figured out that you were who you, his <laughs> wife, and that was just great. And I want to launch into, because this is really sticking in my mind, that when I came to your house, it felt like a, Win- a Whitney installation. <laughs> like it was so, I'm a little OCD-ish, and it was very edited yes. and curated and like the little cot bed that you have in your studio. I guess maybe you take a rest there or meditate or take a break, but it just looked like something from a painting. I don't know why. <laughs> is that intentional or oh, is that just how you very, look? Very much. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time piddling around the house and rearranging things and, uh, you know, just playing. And then because we live in a small house, um, it's sort of a rotating gallery because I don't have enough room to put all the paintings, so I'll, I'll hang them, just change it up all the time. And I love doing it. So, yeah, it's very intentional, and I'm a little bit of a minimalist, so I've had to be, but I'm glad I've had to be. I think it's the way to live. Yeah. I th- it, it really takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and restraint to live like that. Yes. My my husband's gone out of town for two weeks, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I can purge, and I can organize, and I can get things in a way that sort of centers me. Yeah. And um, I, think, I think the way people live is such a metaphor for who, who they are. I mean, being in the mm. business of selling houses, too, I yeah. mean, I find it fascinating to go into people's homes. Oh, I do, too. I rarely get to go with Manly, but when I do, I love it. I mean, a, a lot of people in in the the market that he and I sell in live pretty nicely. Yeah. But and, and in Atlanta, I find that people in general are pretty house proud, mm-hmm. even if it's not to your aesthetic. Right. You right. know, it I it's agree. it's still they're trying. Yeah. And um, other other, I mean, it's rare that I go into a house that I'm like, oh my god. But I went in one that was just kind of like a funny story. I was early on in my business. And, you know, when you're early in the business, you'll just take anything. And right. you're just happy somebody will hire you. And it was a condo in Midtown. And uh, the guy hires me, somehow found me in a magazine or something, has me come. And it's like this building that is very nondescript. And you go into it, and it was literally like Liberace. <laughs> And every nook and cranny was was um, faux painted, and, and it was horrible. Yeah. 
<laughs> but you know, but it was fascinating nonetheless. Sure. Like, you know, like, wow, this is so specific. <laughs> yeah. It's more fun than walking into something that just looks like a hotel room. Yeah. But it, but I do love, I do, it just really stuck with me when I left your house. I thought, oh, I just really like the way she lives. So thank you. Um, so I got to know you and your work through the landscapes, which are really beautiful. And it sounds to me like, but I didn't realize you had that sort of edgy side to your work. What What is the painting that like, go fuck yourself or what does it say? <laughs> uh, believe in your fucking self. <laughs> believe in your fucking self. I was like, that's so awesome. It's so like, you know, the, the landscapes are very serene and sort of delicate and calm. And then I'm like, oh yeah, right on. Where did that come from? So I saw that on um, Instagram. And I just just liked it, so I did a painting. And then people that came by the studio were commenting on it. People wanted it. People were saying, you know, I need that for my teenage daughter or whatever. <laughs> so I did a – I just kind of kept repeating it. And um, I've also given it to some people that just were, you know, like this one woman I know that was – going through divorce and just having a really tough time. And, and and she's a great woman. And I just said, you know, hang this. I don't care if you put it in your closet. Just hang it up. So so that's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the keep, it's kind of the more straightforward of the keep calm and carry on. You know? <laughs> You're right. You know, and it, it, I, but with a little bit more of a cheeky sort of, but it's so true. Like if if you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going exactly. to. Exactly, and, and it's it's sort of a, a wild card because I I started doing typography. I started um, writing in my handwriting in block and script um, and layering it so it was uh, illegible, purposefully illegible, and so I was kind of caught up in that whole typography thing. And then when I saw that. I just, uh, yeah, just wrote it so you could read it. <laughs> yeah, and so now it's sort of um, the work that you showed me in your studio, you know, has sort of a cubist feeling to it. If I don't know if that's really so quite it's, right. It's hard to, um, it's been really hard for me to stay in a lane. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's kind of catching up with me uh, because I think my, my different styles are well received and they sell nicely and everything, but I'm trying to just stay in one lane for a period of time because it's different. An artist has a, you know, a blue period or whatever, but when you change it every day or every week, <laughs> it's, it's not so great. Uh, it's really fun, but it's not so great. So, the work I'm doing now is more um, with color interaction. Um, so I layer the paintings in oil um, so they dry between applications. So, um, and that gives the painting kind of an iridescent look. So if you, if I put down like a yellow and it dried and then I put down a blue you'd see some yellow, some blue, and some green. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't really mix as much as they sit on top of each other. 
and I'm um, taping off a square um, in the middle of the canvas um, and then the background's pretty much white and when I put my layers on um, the brush goes across the tape the taped off square and um, so after I do layer and layer and layer and layer when I pull the tape off you just have that little ragged edge that shows the kind of the history the, the individual colors kind of the push and pull of, of uh, how I work um, because a lot of times I paint over paintings or I you know there's just a lot of history underneath it mm -hmm. and um, uh, I think some people can really appreciate it even if it's ghosted or it's just a texture mm -hmm. it's very subtle but this sort of just shows my hand a little bit and um, so I'm trying to stick with that right now I'm having a hard time but <laughs> I do have a body of work that I'm working on that that's um, well it seems like you're in you're really known for your landscapes because they are really beautiful and it is kind of hard I think when um because at the end of the day it's a business too right, right and you right. you're you're trying to sell your work and then like you branch out and but you know I'm sure people are like but could you still do another landscape and I do yeah but I I, I enjoy I enjoyed um seeing your new work because it was really different from what I had gotten to know you for but did I know that you went to Georgia, and mm -hmm. um, is that something you went to school knowing you wanted to do, or did that evolve over time? Um, I knew because my father was an artist, mm. and so I've always just been involved in art my whole life, as far back as I can remember. And uh, my father wanted me to go to art school. My mother wanted me to go to uh, a university. Uh, so that was a point of contention, but, um, I think my mother really wanted, uh, me to have the whole college experience. I was a little behind the curve and, uh, a little awkward and shy and, um. Do you feel like that was good advice actually? I do. She, um, she got me all this stuff, you know, for my dorm and towels and all this bedding and all this new stuff and. She said she had planned to pick me up the next day after she drove me to Athens that I would that I would come home. Uh, I was always homesick, you know, growing up. But uh, it turned out that I wasn't, and uh, I met a lot of great people, and I loved the art school, and so um, I think it was a good decision. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I um I was telling um, Angela West who I interviewed before you that you know I actually went to art school because I wanted to go to New York and go to school for fashion and my parents were real intellectuals and were like fashion you know that that's not real school and so I just went to the Corcoran School of Art and because I'm not really an artist you know I was like well, this is kind of a joke. You can explain your way through anything in art school. You know, you can say, I intentionally did it this way versus, versus like a traditional education is it's either right or wrong. And, you know, I think, I think, I think though, as being somebody who really loves art, that 
you know, I love that your father wanted you to go to art school because a lot of people who've decided to be in the arts may say to their kids, eh, maybe you need to be an accountant, you know, like it's not an easy road. Right. And every um, day. Yeah. And I, but yet being a collector and loving art, there's not a lot of great art at your fingertips. I mean, there's yeah. more with the internet and blah, 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 but right. there aren't that many great, you know, there's not that much great anything. There are not that many great houses or any great clothes. There's nothing like really creative, good work is hard to come by. Everything's so fast fashion, you know, America loves like you know, everything's like fast food. Everything's in bulk and mediocre. Right. And right. it's so nice when somebody actually takes the time to dig deep into that God-gifted thing. But it's, you know, I was um, asking before with Angela, um, have you read The Artist's Way? Because I've just started it. That's yes. why it's on my mind. And, you know, I always think of myself as not an artist and but loving art, but I do have that in me, that yes. that that voice of wanting to be creative and like how do you, you have to actually nurture that voice? Absolutely, you got to believe in your fucking self. <laughs> I love you. I love that because it is so true. You have to believe in your fucking self. And you know, I love it when parents nurture a God gift in their child do and too. don't steer them in some direction that, you know, ends up making them feel sad in life. You know, yeah. I mean, it, there is, okay, look, you know, you want to have a house, you know, you got to pay a mortgage. There are some like things to life that we all need to know how to do, but. It, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think uh, as a parent, um, you really know what's, I mean, you keep your child safe and you educate them, but <clears throat> I don't think you always know what's, what's best if they really have a strong urge to, to do something that's very risky, like, like be an artist or be a musician or an actor or whatever. Um, you know, that's nice because they're going to, at some point they're going to figure it out. Uh, right. And they're, I mean, for me, you know, being a parent, you know, one of the things when Pearson went to preschool and they said, you know, what do you want for your child? You know, they ask you all these things and, you know, some, some may say, oh, you know, I really want them to have a grasp of this before they go. And I'm like, I just really want him to feel good in his own skin yeah. and to find his way. And, you know, I mean, I think happiness is a little bit overrated sometimes i think that as americans we're always striving for happiness and that mm -hmm. that's not really always possible on the daily but satisfaction yeah. with what you do and in yeah. in feeling i mean i would not want to live in a way that i was doing something that was drudgery for me right and to please your family to please your family yeah. when you're gone for most of your life away from them. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a big obstacle. I mean, I know how how hard it is to um, get around that. I mean, not so much with my art, but just with other things. And you know, in my family, um, where there's there's a lot of pressure sometimes for 
certain things that maybe are a little inflated in your head. You know, maybe you're fearful of something, but usually it's not as bad as it seems. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you know, being a parent, you're always you want the best for your child, but I think that you don't want to stand in the way of of a gift if they have it. Right, right. Yeah. You know, Pearson is a really good basketball player and really loves it. And um, I have a coach that works with him a little bit who he, we met him at a tournament and I really like him. He has wrote a book called I Am D1. And um, he said to me, do you know how lucky you are um, that you have a child with a passion? Because... Yeah. You know, even no matter what he ends up doing with that passion, that dedication at a time in your life, that work ethic that comes with really grinding on something that you love can translate into a lot of different things. Oh, sure. And yeah. teenagers can really get in a, a lot of trouble and really confused when they don't feel a fool for something. Right. You know, and, and you know, I had little stints of passion, things that I was passionate about as a kid. And, and, I, and I, I have always really loved art but you know when I've, I've done those personality tests of the left brain and the right brain I'm always kind of right in the middle you know so I'm always you know see other people's creativity and I just love a brain that can kind of just let go and go to that yeah it's hard but you can nurture that mm -hmm. well that's why I'm reading the artist way just uh, I mean I think you know, I like you, um, I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about this and saying that you love self-help because I have done like everything and usually it's born out of a place that's kind of a sad place. Like when I got divorced or I was coming of age and had pain about something or my childhood, you know, I delved into like, okay, let me see if I can get better about this. Yeah. But, but I'm like, I'm still not there. <laughs> Look how old I am. No I still don't have line. it. <laughs> no finish line. Um, yeah. What, what work have you done that you've really liked? Um, what books? Or what, I mean, books that you've read or have you done um, any like personal work, like uh, any conferences or anything that you really liked? Uh, no. But psychotherapy. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've just, I, I kind of think that all the books and I've read so many of them are sort of have a common theme, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. they, they're presented in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, some of them are just inspiring to get going. Some are, um, you know, helpful for organization or whatever it is. So I really enjoy reading them. I think The Artist's Way is great. Um, I think You're a Badass was great. I think The, um, the Four Agreements is Right, that's is everything. Yeah, that is. I mean, everything. that's just such a little perfect book mm -hmm. um, to keep you on track. Mm -hmm. um, that is, you know, since I I did landmark education, and then um, somebody gave me the book, The Four Agreements. You know, a lot of you know the keeping your word thing. Mm -hmm. Like once, I, I guess I was really somebody that maybe didn't keep my word when I was younger, but when that was presented to me, right. that when you say you're going to do something regardless of whether you've told somebody to do it or not and you actually don't do it how kind of harmful that is yeah. and when you pay attention to really people lie to themselves and others about what they're going to do all the time right 
And it it's really, it's like being so precise and careful with your word and what you put out, how powerful that is. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's and I think profound. Um, the other one, um, don't make assumptions because we all do it all the time, you know. They, they said they wanted that painting or they said they were going to buy that house or, you know. People get busy. Uh, you think, oh, they, they hate me or whatever. And, you know, a day later they call and say whatever. I was busy, but I want to do what I said I was going to do. And, you know, your mind can just go crazy on assumptions and you just got to get rid of that. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It is. Um, my mother was a, um, she passed away in 2020 and she was a very quirky woman. And, you know, she, I threw her trials and tribulations of life, you know, became somebody that was like so obsessed with the details and making sure that everything was right. And I would say things like, well, I assumed, and she said, never assume, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like that in any business too, like. Just because they said they wanted it doesn't mean they're going to actually go forward with it. Right. And understanding right. that people don't keep their word. That's actually a big part of, I don't know if it's American culture. It might be all cultures where people, you know, say they're going to do things that they never do. Yeah. Or they, you know, you misread it that you thought they were interested or they were just being, you know, they thought they were being polite. You know, I mean, communication. Unless well, you're just a couple of straight shooters, it's well. I think that being from the Northeast and moving to the South, um, I actually my ex husband was from Alabama, and we met in New York. He was finishing school at Columbia, and then he did his residency in UAB in Birmingham, and we fell in love. And you know, I moved to Birmingham, but you know, I was only moving to Birmingham for him. I was like, right. you know, who moves to Birmingham from DC? But there were so many cultural things that were fascinating to me. And it was, you know, the bless your heart sort of thing <laughs> that you don't really find in Atlanta. But when you move to Birmingham, I was like, what the hell? You don't really know where anybody's coming from. Yeah. And and like uh, there, you know, there's and, and that's part of the charm, right? People, mm -hmm. the, the niceties and everything. But, you know when you, you kind of like to know where people are coming from, that can be confusing. Yeah, there's a, there's a line in Sweet Home, Alabama, where, um, you know, Reese Witherspoon leaves the South and goes to New York and becomes a, a fashion designer and then comes back home and she said, you need a, you need a passport to come down here uh, because <laughs> it's so different. Yes. And when I went to New York, when I was at the Art Students League of New York for my residencies, um, when we went around the room and introduced ourselves, I mean, everybody's teeth fell out when I spoke. And when I said y'all. Uh, and they said, are you from Mississippi? I just think it's interesting. I, I think, and another thing is, I think that I thought when I met my ex-husband because he was Southern, that he was so innocent. <laughs> and he wasn't. Do you know what I'm saying? So we make all these assumptions you about do. sound and, you know, how somebody is. And, 
you know, whether somebody's harsh or soft, but it, it was also interesting to me when I moved to Birmingham that I heard people say, well, you might could. And I was like, well, isn't it either you might or you could? Where's the might could? But it's just interesting how when you go to different regions and we all have it, I'm sure a Southerner would go to certain parts um, in the Northeast and be like, what's with that saying? And I think that's what's sure. fabulous about the United States or the world when you go to different places and people are different. Right. And we're all kind of getting so much the same especially in big cities because we're all transplants and we all, but right. there are so many things about the South that I love now. And I really consider myself a Southerner mm-hmm. and not a Southerner, but I, I consider myself like that. This is my home now. Yeah. And I've really, I started this podcast because I was really, you know, when you, when I first moved to Atlanta in 2001, I was like, Oh my God, it's all strip malls. Like I, I, didn't really get it, you know, yeah. on the surface. And then I went into so many beautiful houses and I met so many interesting people. And it was, it's kind of cool to be an outsider because mm-hmm. you can kind of pick and you don't get funneled into a particular group. Right. Um, and that was what was hard for me about Birmingham is that the big question was, you know, did you go to UAB? Oh, no. Okay. Turn next. Like they weren't right. really interested in me. Right. Whereas, in a city like Atlanta, people, you know, there are all sorts of transplants here. Right, right. I think there's a lot of talent here. And I remember um, when my ex-husband and I went to Twin House and saw your work, I loved it. Thank and you. it, um, it, I was so excited to meet you because there's something very, um, you know, like, okay, it, it's a landscape, but there's sort of like you, you're transported to that place, that that is is you know because typically I'm not a landscape person you know yeah. they, they can be you know not but yours were the colors were so pretty so inviting and I don't know I just I really liked them and so um he ended up buying me a, like the triptych or it was four different paintings that uh-huh. we had yeah. he got it in the divorce but that's okay anyway it's at his house that's fine <laughs> <laughs> we divvied it all up um but um so are you having, do you have a show or anything coming up? I don't. I'm, I'm working, well, yes and no. I'm working on this body of work. Um, and my youngest brother, who's seven years younger than me, who lives in New Jersey, um, right outside of Manhattan, um, started painting. And we are planning to do um, a brother-sister show in New York City, Um at um, a furniture company called Desiron, and they do really, really high-end furniture, mm. like for Brad Pitt's yacht or something. So um, uh, the guy that owns the company is his neighbor. Mm. They have um, they keep some art because they have a lot of designers that come in and you know, people, and so. Um, we're going to do a brother-sister, um, which will be really fun. Um, and I'm, I'm just sort of working towards fall, which is the big, big time to sell art. Oh, really? Because, um, summers are slow. People are on vacation. They're in their garden, their pool. 
in the fall, they're thinking about sort of coming back inside, entertaining, getting ready for the holidays, you know. So um, they're thinking more about their homes. Yeah, and your so, work is, is, is very pretty work. I know that um, you you sell at Huff Harrington, is that correct? Uh-huh. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, people, I mean, I always say, like, I, I've never bought a painting to put in a particular room, but people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Um, for me, it's always like, am I really drawn to it? And I feel, I feel really lucky that I've, that I have the collection that I, I need to have you over mm-hmm. and see some of my work. But I, I, I love the things that I've collected, and I think that that's what art really makes a home. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I like, you know, I, I, I like it when someone just falls in love with a painting and they don't know where they're going to put it. But at the same time, if they have a big wall or that's just how they want to choose it, then you know, each to his own and. Well, and I'm sure decorators, when they're buying your work, they think of it more that way. Mm-hmm. Than and, you know, some people, collector. I mean, art can be intimidating. And, um, you know, if you, don't, if you don't have the eye or the art history or whatever it is, um, it can be sort of like anything that you're not familiar with. If you're, you know, if you don't know how to get dressed or you don't know how to cook or, I mean... It can just be sort of overwhelming to think about something that you don't naturally have any kind of uh, any anything to pull from to well, choose it. Yeah, when I interviewed Timothy Chu, who owns Chu Gallery, I thought it was great that he said, you know, sort of pick like if you like landscapes, for example, just really, you know, learning a lot about landscapes, looking a lot, and then refining your eye based on that. Mm-hmm. Because it is a big world out there in terms of genres and all of that. And, you know, I, I, think, I think the more you train your eye, the more, the more you like it and the more you want to get into it. And it was right. funny, Pearson and I just came back from Chicago and um, a friend of mine who introduced me to Anna at Jackson Fine Art, um, his name is David Vallega. He's a doctor and he and I were neighbors here and he moved back to Chicago. And so he's been in Europe and he said I could stay at his place with Pearson and come and visit and he's a big collector. And the, the place is just, there's not a spot empty. And he's like, I just want to get rid of the furniture so I can just have art. Yeah. And, you know, but most people aren't really like that. You know, most Mm-mm. people aren't as obsessed with art. I'm probably more inclined to, like, the believe in your fucking self. Like, to me, that, like, that, you know, that kind of art, something that says something or has some sort of, kick to it is what I'm drawn to but like I said I, I really love your landscapes well I'm I'm excited to hear and um on your website um can you can people buy art from your website or or is it just where you're they, sold? they can um I have a contact page mm-hmm. and I have an Instagram um and what's your Instagram Elizabeth Dawson um I have no idea <laughs> We'll figure that out for you, and then we'll I think put that on here. Might be art elevates life, which is my tagline. Um, but th- there's a contact page, and I don't, I haven't, I don't set it up like with a shopping cart or anything. Mm-hmm. But if somebody contacts me and they're interested in a, a piece or a commission, um, then I just kind of go from there. So it's, um, 
you know, it's just sort of a secondary thing. I, um, I like for people to contact me directly and I like for people to come for studio visits. Um, oh, I really enjoyed that you invited me to your studio. It really you. gave yeah. a different context yeah. to you. And I, um, I really want people to come regardless of if they're planning on buying a painting. I, you know, I just like talking to people. I like showing them the work. Um, and I don't ever want anybody to have a painting they don't want. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to try to talk anybody into anything. Right. So, um, yeah, it's really fun to just hear how people see it. I mean, it's, it's just like another form of communication. It's, you know, uh, people are tuned to certain colors and, and shapes that they don't even know why they, they like them or what they mean to them, but I know it's interesting be, with a million um, things. Um, my old broker here took the time to do something like the colors test on me. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting what the actually liking certain colors means about your personality. Mm -hmm. And and he, he nailed me from it. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. I've never done that. Yeah. And he said that um, actually after doing that, I made a lot more sense to him because um, it said that my calling was very... Um, like into nurturing and you know that I love being a parent and all of that and I I have always you know I'm always amazed with people who want to be number one especially mm -hmm. like in in a business like real estate you know there's you know there we have one girl in our office who's always number one and I'm I'm really impressed but I have I don't have that drive for that that's mm -hmm. not what drives me yeah you know at all and I'm super impressed. I wish I was like that. But I like to do business with people um, that are drawn to me mm -hmm. in some way. Sure. And yeah. that I can relate to and they appreciate what I bring to the table. And it, it's a, I mean, we don't always do business with people we always like. But it 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 means so much to me when I have that experience. It's yeah. not about being successful. But for me in that way, I find success in in other ways, even doing something like this feels really gratifying to yeah, me. So yeah. it's, I find it interesting what why people are drawn to color and what that means about your personality. So mm -hmm. you may want to have your colors done. I at do some want point. to. Yeah, I'll I'll find That's out. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it's really cool. I think I've taken every other test. Yeah, and um, I just did Ray Dalio's personality test. Um, that he really, do you know who he is? Mm -mm. He, he's a big hedge fund guy and in New York and a really, really smart guy. And he does all these personality assessments for people who work with him. And so he made the test available. And it, I just find it interesting how we, we all are and yeah. how we come into the world. But um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And we, <laughs> will, we will make sure your Instagram is correct and everything. And uh, so people can find you. It's so typical me. I don't ever have <laughs> no, a business that, that's card. that's why you're an artist. Manly. So it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah. You're, yeah, that's what, that's an artistic mind. And thank God there are people like you. So, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. So I'm super psyched about my sponsor for the podcast. She's a great friend of mine and also a previous guest. Her name is Lisa Stein. Her work is stunning. We all layer it and wear it all the time. It's great jewelry to wear day to night. 
I barely go a day without it, and I think you would too once you start collecting it. She's been so nice to give all of my listeners a discount. When you go to lastein.com, you put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 15, and you will get a discount. Just put in Sarah, 